Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. Picking up in Genesis 30, 22, it says, And God remembered Rachel. And as God remembered Rachel, we're going to do so too. We're going to just recap her life a little bit. She's kind of been in the doghouse here as we've been going through our podcast. She's not had a good attitude. But we're going to go through some situations she had been through and maybe why she had reacted the way she did. It wasn't right what she did, but God remembered Rachel, and we're going to do that too. So let's recall, first of all, she meets a man. We're going to, we're going to tell the story now from her side, uh, before we were telling it from Jacob's side. But she meets a man, and she, it's love at first sight. She just thinks he is it. She finds out he is a distant relative and that he's come to uh, live with their family, and he loves her too. They both love each other instantly. There's been many relationships start that way, that you know they each see each other, and it's love at first sight. That's how it was for her. As you recall, she worked with the flocks. She took care of the sheep. She had come that day in with the sheep to water them. What did Jacob do for her as a wife. What did he do for Laban? What did he do for his um, his mother's brother for this hire? He worked with the sheep. So for seven years, he's out with Rachel. I'm not saying they were right together the whole time, but they worked together for a long time. I believe this is this wedding day that both of them, it seemed like the seven years were nothing because they were so in love with each other and they're looking forward to this time. They take care of the sheep together. As they come to the wedding, Rachel doesn't know what her dad's going to do either. Rachel doesn't know that Leah's going to be given. I'm sure she cried herself to sleep that night. She thinks she's marrying Jacob. Then, uh, to Leah's fault, Leah uh, goes with Jacob, and he doesn't know it's Leah till the, it's the morning. Now, if Leah cared for Rachel, I'm, I'm going from Rachel's mindset uh, I would think this too. If Leah really cared for Rachel, she would have gone and said, Jacob, you can't see me. I am not Rachel. I am Leah. I don't think Ra- Leah said a word all night as Jacob is thinking he's with Rachel. And on Rachel's side, Rachel's weeping. I'm sure weeping in her tent as she knows what her sister's doing. Okay, so then Leah starts having kids. Yes, one week later, after a week, uh, Rachel is able to be with Jacob, but Leah starts having kids right away. And she's having kid after kid after kid. And um, God is blessing Leah, but Rachel's thinking, what What did I do? What did I do wrong? Why, why am I not having a kid? And then uh, we know by the years of things, um, when Leah stopped having kids, it says, and Leah left off having kids, it was only one year, because we know how long Jacob was with his um, 
brother-in-law was, uh, I shouldn't say his uncle, uncle, I said that wrong. So we know how long he was there. We know how many kids Leah had. We know how many kids they had by the handmaids, which of course the handmaids could be any time in between. But this is not long. Leah hasn't had kids for, for one year. And her son goes and gets these mandrakes. And we don't know what they are, but it seems like there's some rare flower that smells beautiful. And it's a tradition that the husband will sleep with the wife when she has these. And Rachel thinks, okay, you've had enough kids. You you have all these kids, and we have these kids by the, uh, you know, handmaids. Give me the mandrakes. You know what you've done to me. And Leah says, no, you've taken away my husband, and, and I'm not giving you the mandrakes. And so Jacob sleeps with Leah again, and she has more children. So so that we understand it, there is no excuse for Rachel's behavior and how she's saying to Jacob, give me children else I die. She's going to the wrong person. She should have been crying to the Lord. I believe she does. I believe she does turn to the Lord because it says here, and God remembered Rachel and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. That's where we need to go when we have a problem. We've already talked about this. We don't go blame our husbands when we don't have children. We, we cry out to God. Uh, we know another story where somebody didn't have children, and it was Hannah, and she prayed to God, and she said, just give me one child, and I'll, I'll give them to you. And God gave her a child, and then God gave her many more children. We'll get to that story later. Rachel is saying, I, I don't just want one. Give me children. Leah has all these children, but God does remember her, and God does hearken to her. So we know that she does eventually turn to God, and that's where she should have gone in the first place. So I set that scene so that we have a, a clear picture, or picture of what Rachel has been going through. It's not been easy for Rachel. Rachel's a beautiful woman, but she's gone through a lot to learn a very hard lesson, and that is to come to God with her problems. And God remembers Rachel, and God hearkened to her and opened her womb, and she conceived and bare a son and said, God hath taken away my reproach. I believe when she was younger and she was beautiful, she felt like Leah was the one with the reproach. Leah was not pretty. Leah didn't have a beautiful figure, but now Rachel is the one who's reproached and she humbly comes to God and she says, now God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph. So Joseph is a combination name and it means that God is going to add more. So she believes in faith that God is going to add another son to her. Some people criticize her for this. I, I don't, I believe she's seeing it in faith. Sadly, uh, that idea of uh, give me children else I die is going to come back to haunt her. She's going to actually die in that uh, giving birth of that second son. We'll get to that later. But here she calls him Joseph in faith, believing that she shall have another son. And it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said unto Laban, send me away that I may go unto my own place and to my country. So finally, Rachel has a child, and Jacob says, I've, I've worked the 14 years. Send me away. I need to go. And so Laban says unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thy eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. 
And he said, appoint me my wages, me thy wages, and I will give it. And so Laban, Laban is a conniver. Don't trust what Laban says here. He does say here, I've learned, you know, my blessing came because of you. I don't, I believe Laban was uh, financially sound, uh, but he wasn't wealthy. And when Jacob started working for him, Jacob's not getting anything for his work besides the two two wives. And Laban is becoming wealthy and Laban knows it. And so he's saying, okay, tell me what uh, your wages will be. And he said, thou knowest how I have served thee and how thy cattle was with me. The idea of cat- cattle is all his livestock. So Jacob is an expert at livestock. We're going to find out later that this is the trade of the Hebrews. We, we're going to see this when uh, they end up in Egypt. They are excellent at livestock, any livestock, um, not just uh, don't think of cattle as cows. No, this is sheep and goats and, and cows, of course, and camels. They're just very good with it. And he's saying, you know, I took care of them. For it was little which thou hast before I came. So again, he's he was okay, but he didn't have much. It was little. And it is now increased unto a multitude. And the Lord hath blessed thee since my coming. And now when shall I provide for mine own house also? So Jacob's saying, I have a family to care for. I have to provide for them as well. And I have taken care of your flocks and you see what the Lord's done. You, ha- you didn't have much before I came here. And now you have tons. And so he, he, they make a deal here. And he says, I will pass through all the flocks today, removing thence all the speckled and spotted cattle and all the brown cattle among the sheep and the spotted and speckled among the goats and of such shall be my hire. So do you see now where that idea of cattle is not just talking about cows? So he says, let me go through and I will get all the speckled and spotted of the cattle then I'll go through and I won't take any of the white sheep. I will only take the brown sheep. So that's why it says brown cattle among the sheep and the spotted and speckled of the goats. I believe at this time that wasn't the majority because Laban is all out for himself. And I I think that Jacob says, I'll just take that. I'll just take the ones that have have rings or, or they're di- different colored uh, they're not just plain, you know, brown cows or plain black cows. I'll I'll take the brown sheep. You know, the white sheep are nice. I'll leave those for you. I'll just take the brown sheep. And then it says in verse thirty three, so shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come, when it shall come for my hire before thy face. Every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the sheep, that shall be counted stolen with me. So he's saying to show you how. I want to be right if I have any cattle by the time this is done, any cattle that's not speckled or spotted, it's, I'm going to say somebody stole it, it's yours. And, you know, they're going to make this agreement as we go. I want to keep reading so you can understand the story a little bit more. But it's going to be that he's going to be there for a while still. And uh, 
they're going to set up an arrangement. Here we go. And Laban said, behold, I would it might be according to thy word. So he agrees. He agrees with them. And he removed that day the goats that were ring straked and spotted and all the she goats that were speckled and spotted and every one that had some white in it and all the brown among the sheep and gave them into the hand of his sons. And he set three days journey between betwixt himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. So to to make it very clear so that there's no confusion, Jacob says, and Laban says, say, they agree, we're going to be three days in between. Why? Because cattle roam and and sheep roam and they, they are feeding and they don't want them to get mixed up. They don't want uh, there to be any animosity. Jacob has learned his lesson on deceit and he doesn't want to be deceitful. Now, Laban's still a deceitful man and he's, Jacob's reaping what he's sown. But right now, they want it, he wants it to be very, very clear. Now, we're going to look at uh, what Jacob does here. And some people have said, oh, you know, Jacob was tricky with what he did. No, Jacob's not going to be tricky in what he is, does. He's an expert in his field. He's very good at what he did. Remember how uh, Esau was in the fields and Jacob was in the tents? It wasn't meaning that Jacob was only in the tent. No, he was with his dad's flocks and cared for him. He knew exactly how to run things. He ran the household there. I'm not saying he was in charge of everything, but he was a very good herdsman. And what he does here is somebody that knows his trade well. And we ought to know our trade well. If God's called us to any field, we ought to do the best we can at it and put our whole self into it. And that's what Jacob does. Jacob knows exactly what to do in order to increase his flocks. He's not taking care of Laban's flocks anymore. And he's going to take care of these. And if any come out, any are born uh, solid in color, he's going to give them to Laban. But he's going to be a good herdsman. So what he does here, it says he took him rods of green poplar and of the hazel and chestnut tree and piled white strakes in them and made the white appear which was in the rods. And he set the rods which he had piled before the flocks in the gutters and in the watering troughs when the flocks came to drink that they should conceive when they came to drink. And the flocks conceived before the rods and brought forth cattle, ring strakes, speckled and spotted. And Jacob did separate the lambs and set the faces of the flocks towards the rain straked and all the brown in the flock of Laban he put to his own flocks by themselves and he put them not unto Laban's cattle. And it came to pass when the stronger cattle did conceive that Jacob laid the rods before the eyes of the cattle in the cutters that they might conceive upon the rods. And when the cattle were feeble, he put them not in. So the feeble cattle... Uh, sorry, sorry. So the feeble were Laban's and the stronger were Jacob's. So I wanted to read all that because he did two different things here. He doesn't just do one thing. One, he there's some way of knowing that this uh, uh, setup of rods and um, the setup of what he's doing is going to cause the uh, animals to go into heat and it's going to cause them to uh, mate and bear children. So he does that. He, he wants them to have a lot of cattle. So he sets this up so that they see that and that causes them to uh, mate. The second thing he does is he puts it out. He puts this whatever 
uh, contraption that he made, he puts it out when the strong cattle are there. Now, some people say the cattle uh, came at different times of the year and they sometimes would uh, have uh, the second um, set of children, or not children, of lambs that they would have would be weaker. And we don't know. But what we do know is that he did this and he did it when the stronger came. He wasn't being deceitful here. He was being smart. He was a good herdsman. And Laban's saying, oh, well, maybe that's why I had so much. Jacob's a hard worker and God blessed him also. So we're going to continue with this story. But I, I hope we have a couple lessons to go off of today. Number one, it doesn't matter what our situation is, how we are treated. If we're treated wrongly like Rachel was, we need to go to the Lord. That's who helps us. And then whatever God's given us to do, let's do it good. Let's learn it really good. And let God bless us through that. Heavenly Father, I pray you would bless us today. Whatever our hands find to do, help us to do it well. Help us to learn to do it better. Help us to strive to do our very best for you. Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord With Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord With Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may He greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following His Word.